With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into the debut episode of the Rocky Top Talk podcast. I am your host, Terry Lambert, uh, also the site manager at Rocky Top Talk. Uh, I am joined, as always, by Evan Winter. Evan, how are you tonight? Good, man. Good. Uh, stoked to be doing this. Um, I'm excited. You know, we've been at Rocky Top Talk now for almost two years, and it's about time we actually started hitting the airwaves, man. Yeah, Evan's been on me uh, to start one of these for a little for for some time now. So, uh, so <laughs> I'm just uh, looking. I say, yeah, happy to happy to get this going. Um, a, a, about time. So we're gonna try and do this at least once a week, maybe twice a week. Uh, we'll just kind of see how it goes here. Uh, as we go, obviously you can find all of our work at, at rockytoptalk.com. Uh, that's where you're going to find the most up-to-date stuff, but, uh, you're going to be able to find this podcast anywhere you get your podcast, uh, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, uh, anything like that. iTunes, it'll obviously be on the site as well. So, uh, with that, we'll, we'll kind of hop right in here. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday night. The, the chance hall news has just broke. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt in Nashville tonight said that uh, Chance Hall is going to give up football. Uh, Hall is a guy that started a lot of games for UT, uh, but has just you know never really been able to put it all together due to injury. He's fought through a, a shoulder issue uh, and missed all of 2017 with a knee injury. So it's just an unfortunate situation for Chance Hall. And man, I tell you, it, it's. Uh, Tennessee's veteran depth on the offensive line, it's hurting right now. But luckily, uh, the Vols have pulled in quite a recruiting class to, to kind of alleviate some of that. Yeah, you know, I mean, this this position, I mean, for the Vols just has had absolutely zero luck, you know, over the past six or seven years. Um, you know, ever since really, and I can't even believe I'm saying this, ever since Tiny Richardson was around, you know, the Vols really haven't had any kind of stalwarts on the offensive line. Um, you know, the one guy they when they finally it seemed like they um, caught a break, Trey Smith, you know, his future's in doubt with, you know, the blood clots in his lungs, that issue. Um, yeah, man, it's terrible uh, to hear the news about Chance Hall. And I actually, I had no idea um, this happened until <laughs> about ten minutes when we went before we went on. Um, I was actually submitting my preview for the basketball game this weekend and saw your uh, post in the editorial. And yeah, I mean, I gotta agree, especially with you know one of your last paragraphs. Or actually, sorry, your last paragraph. Um, I mean, how lucky is it that the Vols got Wanya Morris and Darnell Wright in this recruiting class? Yeah, I mean, that leads us into to the, the main topic here, signing day. Uh, Tennessee absolutely crushed it on, on the offensive yeah, line absolutely. front. Uh, best best offensive line class in the country. Two five-stars, Wanya Morris, uh, Darnell Wright, are, are, are going to be asked to contribute immediately. Probably are your starting left and, and right tackles at least. You would uh, hope so. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So there's there's you know three more guys in there that that are going to have a chance to to contribute early, but yeah, I mean you talk about Drew Richmond uh, who's in the transfer portal he's probably gone I don't see any way he comes back so uh, it, it's going to be young 
but there's a lot of talent there. So uh, adding Darnell Wright, adding Wanya Morris, that is a great way to flip this offense around because uh, when I look at this offense, you know, you, you can have your gripes about Jerry Garantano uh, and, and what this running game did. Uh, but I, I think the quickest way to turn around an offense uh, is to really max out that offensive line. So Tennessee certainly did that in the 2019 class. Uh, the 2020 class looks loaded as well. So Tennessee's got a real shot here to get some beef up front in the coming years. Yeah, man, and you got to love what they did. I mean, you nailed it right on the head. I mean, two outside tack or two tackles that are going to start on the outside instantly, or like we said, at least we'd hope they'd start instantly. And um, you know, now they've just got to figure out the interior offensive line. They've got some guys returning from last year. Yeah, you know, Drew uh, Drew Richmond's in the transfer portal, but you know, he was uh, he was just a disappointment his entire time Agreed. here. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember, man, when we stole him from Ole Miss, I was just like, oh, it's on. But <laughs> yeah, that was no, that was just a whole completely different scenario. But um, yeah, you know, and if if by some stroke of good luck, which we know doesn't really occur on Rocky Top very often. Um, if Trey Smith comes back, man, whatever side of you know on the interior he starts on, you're talking about one hell of a side of the offensive line. Yeah, Pruitt updated. Uh, well, gave a non-update, said everything's the same with Trey Smith. Who really? You know, I, I, look, it, everyone wants him back, but he's got some more important stuff to deal with right now. Exactly. Uh, foot, football's on the back burner for him, dealing with the blood clot issue. So it's a serious deal. So. Uh, wish him all the best. Hopefully we haven't seen the last of him because that guy's a heck of a football player. Uh, the other big story on signing day, Tennessee pulled one off. Man, they pulled a rabbit out of the hat. Henry to Odo, uh, pulling him away from Alabama and, and Washington, um, really just pulling him away from Nick Saban. Uh, yeah. you know, Tosh yeah. LePoy leaving in, in December to go to the Cleveland Browns, I think was a huge deal here. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt was able to capitalize. And this was a spot where the, the Tennessee needed uh, to fulfill. I mean, you, you just got the impression last year that despite uh, Tennessee having some veteran leadership up there, Daniel Batuli, uh, Darren Kirkland, guys like that, he just wasn't real impressed. Uh, they just needed a jolt of talent. Thought we were getting that with J.J. Peterson, and we all know how that played out. Hopefully he's back in the fold this year. Now you're talking about Taoto coming in with Quivaris Crouch. Uh, that's that's a pretty nasty inside linebacker combination. If, if that's where those two end up. Yeah, see, he's listed as a um, off, offense or sorry, an outside linebacker. So I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. You know, and Jeremy Jeremy Pruitt's defense, those hybrid type defenses. You know, they, they play guys all over the place. So, but regardless, yeah, it's pass rushing depth. Um, it's linebacker depth, which you know, I believe what Darrell Taylor finished with eight sacks last year. Yeah, only registered sacks and three to game. So yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Weird stat. So, so yeah, I mean, even though you know that stat's very, very misleading. Um, Tennessee needs a pass rush. It's obvious that pass rushing or good pass rush wins in the SEC. Um, you know, which if you win in the SEC, most likely you're going to be in the national conversation. You know, nine times out of ten. Um, I really like uh, the the uh, signing of Roman Harrison, um, you know, he play weak side defensive end, you know, he'll play on that backside, you know, in pursuit a lot tells me he's got a lot of quickness. Um, six, two, two I really like that signing. I know, you know, he was a little bit, um, already, you know, figured out and, you know, it wasn't much of a surprise, but I really like that signing a lot. Yeah. I'm interested to see where Crouch, uh, and land. 
Uh, I think Roman Harrison, like you said, is an outside guy. But Pruitt has talked about those four for four guys, you know, guys that can play all four positions right. in the linebacker group. So maybe these two are, are a good example of that. But just good to get some blue chippers in here. And I think above all else, Tennessee just needs talent. Uh, and they, they certainly took a step forward uh, with that. All right, so when we come back, we're going to shift gears uh, and look at the number one basketball team in the country. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, we are back. Uh, Tennessee's really good at basketball, y'all. Uh, <laughs> in case you haven't heard. Yeah, <laughs> number one team in the country. They're just blowing through the SEC. You know, before we get into to what's coming up next, just uh, just we need to talk about this team a little bit. It, it's just amazing to me how they haven't really seemed to put the pieces all together. You know, maybe outside of that Georgia game, uh, right. outside of that first half against Arkansas, it, it just seems like they get to the second half of these games. You know, it's close, and then they shift gears and they say, "All right, let's end this." Well, they figure it out, you know. I mean, they know what they're good at. They know what they all can do. You know, they've played around each other for so long. They know they know each other's strengths, and they know how to get each other in the perfect position. And the best thing about all of it is they're not selfish, you know. I mean, what they're they're first. They lead the country in assists per game at twenty assists per game. So, and they're second in assists to turnover ratio. I mean, Gonzaga is number one. That's the only other team that's ahead of them. In case you haven't heard, Gonzaga is pretty good unless they play us. So, um, you know, I mean, this is just an overall good team that knows how to get it done. Yeah, I thought two nights ago uh, was a good example of that. It, kind of an ugly game against Missouri. You know, that's how Conzo likes to play. That's his style. Right. Uh, you know, it, just not a not a fantastic night from Grant Williams, only 13 points. Schofield got it going a little bit. Jordan Bone, his shot was off. Uh, just a night where the offense just didn't seem to be flowing uh but they still you know they won by 12 it was a 15 point game for most of the second half there uh so just the latest example of tennessee just just flat figuring it out when it matters the most right well and uh dude i'm not gonna lie um I blinked my eyes with about seven minutes and 45 seconds. And whenever I, my eyes reopened after that one blink, uh, there was about seven forty-five left in the game. Uh, there was probably about four and a half minutes left in the game. So yeah, Conzo Martin, uh, he had his defense slowing the game down and um, it almost lulled me to sleep there at the end. Yeah. Same, uh, you know, similar situation against Texas A&M uh, and then a similar situation against South Carolina game before. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, Tennessee just does what they do, uh, and they just bury people in the second half. So uh, up next, uh, we've got Florida. Uh, that was a really interesting game down in Gainesville. Uh, it was kind of the first game since that Gonzaga game where you thought, hey, uh, Tennessee might might take an L here. Uh, but once again, they figured it out. It was late. Uh, this was a, a tie game, you know, Florida led late. Right. It seems like they were just throwing up threes and everything was going down, which is another theme uh, for, for Tennessee's opponents this year. Uh, but Florida took a ton of threes, uh, hit a ton of threes in the first half, kind of cooled off. But uh, late in that one, Grant found Admiral Schofield and Admiral put that one away. Yeah, man, they just ran away with it. And fortunately for, you know, the Vols, yeah, and you're absolutely right, that has been kind of the – 
the mantra of the season on uh, defense is they just range threes. I mean, Texas A&M was just drilling them, and Texas A&M is terrible from three. I think they averaged like less than thirty percent on the season before that game, and they hit like what forty three percent of their threes or something like that. Yeah, it's pretty strange. You know, it, it, Tennessee always seems to start decent. You know, build like a ten point lead, and then somewhere in the first half, it, it seems like. They fall asleep, and some of this is dumb luck and just guys hitting shots. But right. it just seems like the defense falls asleep uh, at times. I know last time I looked on Kim Palm, they were 44th in defensive efficiency, which you know isn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, if you're the number one team, you want that number to be lower. Uh, right. and I, I think they're, they're very susceptible to that, that three-point shot, and that's what's dragging them down right now. Well, yeah, unfortunately for them, Florida is a 157th in the nation in three-point percentage. So um, I don't think they're going to have too much trouble with that. Uh, the, the guy they've got to worry about in that regard, though, for the Gators is Noah Locke. Uh, they're a really, really good freshman. Um, I think he shoots like 42% from the uh, from three-point on the season or some, some number like that. And, man, if you look at his correlation uh, throughout the season – Anytime he's shooting well from beyond the three, and you can look at the Texas A&M game when Florida played Texas A&M, uh, he had 20 at career high, 27 points in that game. He went 7 of 13 from three. He went 9 of 18 from the floor. So he went, what, 2 of 5 from, you know, inside the three-point arc, but, you know, hit 7 of 13 from three. It's absolutely crazy. And, you know, that coupled with Keevon Allen, you know, we know what he can do. He's tough, man. He's tough. He's tough, yeah. He, he tore us up down in, in Gainesville. Uh, Florida just haven't hadn't been playing very well though. You know, losers right. of three of their last four. Yep. Uh, lost to, to TCU, beat Ole Miss, but then had a couple tough games. You know, got to give it to them against Kentucky uh, at Auburn. That Auburn game wasn't even close. It, no. it was it was a blowout, and the score is is closer than it should be. There, uh, Auburn seems to be figuring it out, but Florida seems to be going the opposite direction. You know, sitting twelve and ten. Ninth overall in the SEC, you know they weren't expected to do big things in, in this league this year, uh, but still the pressure's on Mike White. You know, if Gators fans are are starting to to want him gone. Uh, it's a program that's performed at a high level. Obviously, you know you go back to the the mid two thousands there with Joe Kim Noah and all of those guys. Uh, Twelve and ten is not going to get it done for the Florida Gators. No, man, not at all, especially not a four or five record in SEC play. And if they get swept by us this weekend, that'll be the first time we've swept them or won. We've beaten them back-to-back, but it'll be the first time we've beaten them back-to-back in one season since the the glorious 2008 season. Uh, Just looking ahead at at this Tennessee schedule, it's kind of backloaded. Very backloaded. It's like an NFL contract. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's kind of odd that you haven't played Kentucky yet. Uh, so you've got that big one coming up next weekend. Uh, Awfully convenient on scheduling of that part, right? Yeah, yeah. So you, you <laughs> go to number five Kentucky at Rupp. Uh, that's going to be this team's first test in, in, in some time, really. Uh, and, and then after that, obviously Kentucky's going to come to Tennessee. You finish, you know, you've got at LSU. You've got a home game against Mississippi State. Uh, then you make the trip to Auburn to, to play Bruce Pearl uh, to end the season. So it, it's a pretty backloaded schedule. You feel really good about this team right now uh, and what they're doing. But I think it's important to remember that this schedule is definitely backloaded and Tennessee's got some late tests coming. 
Yeah, man, those last five games, I mean, like you said, LSU, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Auburn, three of those five are on the road. I mean, dude, that right there is enough just to – that. that's the most important stretch of the season. Um, you know, and I'm actually really excited to see that LSU game. LSU is such a sleeper, and Will Wade, you know, wasn't he out of Chattanooga? Yeah, I, I actually yeah. interned with him uh, – when, when I went to school down there. Oh, so so. You, nice. So, yes. Yeah, so that, oh, that's who you are talking about before the show. That's awesome, man. Yeah, awesome. He, he's he's a really good coach. You know, you just kind of kind of knew that he was going to do big things down there. He's super young at Chattanooga. But, yeah, he, he's got LSU playing well. Uh, he's got them turned around uh, the, pretty quickly. So, LSU's got some talent. That's a road game. It, it's, it's weird. Uh, that's a noon tip. Yeah, noon. I'm looking at that right now. <laughs> so, that's yeah. 11 o'clock here. Oh, my God. <laughs> and LSU, I believe, still has – yeah, they're 8-1 and one in conference. Ooh, uh, that's going to be a good game. Along with Kentucky. So, yeah, Tennessee's still undefeated. So, that's going to be a key matchup when you start to talk about uh, SEC regular season. Can Tennessee go back-to-back? Uh, that game at Kentucky, at LSU, and then home against Kentucky, that's going to determine the SEC champion. Well, and uh, I'll throw in a quick college connection of mine as well. Um, Ole Miss's new head coach, um, Kermit Davis, yeah. he was he is MTSU's old head coach, and that's where I went to school, and I got to interview him a couple times whenever I was doing my news classes and all that good stuff back then. So looks like we'll have, a, we'll have some uh, extra storylines to watch in those back-to-back games there. Yeah, Kermit Davis has taken over Ole Miss and, and turned them right around. I know they've, I know they've kind of faltered here a, a little lately, but – uh, that's a team that, that really didn't do much last year with Andy Kennedy. Uh, Kermit right. has come right in and, and, and just really turned them around. So had them ranked, they've fallen out since. But uh, Tennessee going to Ole Miss uh, to end February, uh, I don't think anyone's going to take that one lightly. That, that's, that's a spot where it's going to be a, yet another test for this Tennessee team. Yes, sir, it will. That's for sure. All right, so that'll do it for tonight. That'll do our first show. Uh, once again, we are the Rocky Top Talk podcast. You can find this on rockytoptalk.com, wherever you get your podcast. We're going to try and do this once a week, maybe twice a week come tournament time. So uh, thanks, Evan, for joining us. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be here weekly from here on out, so be sure you subscribe uh, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again for listening.